Is this normal? It's probably nothing serious. Maybe I'll feel better tomorrow. Emergency symptoms can be good at hiding. That's why you shouldn't ignore symptoms like chest pain, high fever, trouble breathing, or severe stomach pain. They could be a medical emergency in disguise. Thankfully, an Eastside ER is ready to serve you 24-7 with fast wait times and dedicated ER experts so we can quickly help turn your questions into answers. Visit eastsidemedical.com. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is cared for by Eastside Medical Center, providing quality care to Gwinnett County and the greater Atlanta area for over 38 years. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Mike Salmon alongside Stephen Julian. Mike, that was a 30-second intro, and I know because I actually got the timer on the clock to work this time. Playing with technology Correctly. again. Great. Yes, we have three wonderful guests. Yes, we do. And a live studio audience today. We do. Yes. Yeah, the tickets were going like hotcakes today. They were, so we're going to be on our best behavior and have our best show that. ever. Well, we'll have our best show ever. But yeah, it's an award-winning show. It's award-winning. Uh, joining us on the program today. I repeating you? I'm sorry. Joining us on the program today. Is Jessica and Sarah Arevalo. Yeah. And yes, I got it right. Jessica <laughs> is with uh, Ty Fair Commercial Group. Correct. And Sarah is with Sarah Sells Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. And Derek Hayes is here, and he is with the law offices of Derek M. Hayes. And so we are so happy to have all three of them. We're going to start with the ladies first. Uh, Jessica and Sarah, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio. Now, Jessica, you're with Ty Fair Commercial Group. And Sarah, you're with Sarah Sells Atlanta, both under the Keller Williams North Atlanta umbrella. Correct. So tell us what you both do. Yeah, um, so I am on the Ty Fair Commercial Group. We are a group of three um, realtors and business brokers. All we do is commercial real estate, so nothing residential, um, none of the fun, touchy-feely stuff. We're about money, making money, making you money. Um, When you're ready to sell business, you sell your business, get you the most money for that. So that's kind of what we do. And Sarah? And I do the residential side, and I do all the touchy-feely things. I was so going to say, she kind of set it up. Yeah, yeah she did. So. Yeah. She did. I help people find their dream homes and sell their former home. So it sounds like Sarah loves her job, and Jessica is not so much loving her I job, love- but that's not the case? No, she loves her job. Okay. Yes. She loves her job. Love money and love numbers. Yeah, it's so. more like Jessica is very honest about what she does. Yes. You're both honest for di- for different reasons, but you're like, hey, selling your business, it's all yeah. about the money. And that can be fun and touchy-feely in its own it, way. It can be. It can be. So let's uh, let's start with you, Jessica, on the, on the commercial side. Um, are we talking just about buying and selling? Is leasing included? Kind of give me the spectrum yeah. of how so you help business So we do owners. do leasing as well, um, or we do landlord representation. So we kind of, there's three of us, we kind of all specialize in different things. All three people on my team will do um, leasing and tenant rep. And so. the interesting part is the business brokers. That's correct. not something that happens in all commercial real estate. Correct. correct. So yeah. being in commercial real estate, a lot of times you will realize people are also selling the the actual real estate and the business and normally if you're not a business broker you would go to two separate people so it's kind of nice to have an all in-house a lot of times you can get more cap you know more gains when you sell it both together so what is your area of service 
So we do all of Georgia, which is wonderful, but it is not wonderful when you're in the car driving from point A, B, C all day long. Um, but if you are in Georgia, we can help you. Fantastic. Now, Sarah, but real quickly, the touchy-feely side, the residential mm -hmm. side. And mm -hmm. Sarah sells Atlanta. Where did that name come from? And I'm assuming that's your service area, right? <laughs> yes. I work mostly in the perimeter and out of the perimeter okay. in the metro Atlanta area. Um, I definitely know Atlanta. I grew up here, Atlanta native. Nice. So... Um, I came up with that myself, Sarah Sells Atlanta, because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and it's more than just about the house. It's about kind of the whole experience. And, and right. you're working with buyers and sellers, I'm assuming. Right, right. And and even though uh, Jennifer, uh, Jessica set it up with the touchy-feely, right. um, there's... there's oh, There's numbers involved as well. Yeah, that yeah, includes definitely. a lot, right? That includes the whole process. Um, there... What do, what can you bring to the table for someone who's looking to buy or sell their home that maybe other realtors aren't necessarily saying? I think education is a main thing. I went to a class recently and the instructor asked all these real estate agents in the room, who here has a presentation that they bring with them when they go to meet with a buyer or seller? Me and one other person raised their hand. And that other person isn't here, so yeah. you're here, so yeah. you can talk about how important that is. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to no, say you're something. On, so the, you're on a roll. Go well, on. I cut you off with the presentation. So so you and, the, and only one other person in the room. And that's important because it shows that you're from square one. You're kind of. I'm going to educate. Go. I'm going to educate my buyer. I'm going to educate my seller. You're going to know your market. You're going to know what you need to know to make that important decision because that's the that's the thing is that you have to make some decisions i'm going to be your fiduciary i'm going to advise you but you have to make that decision in the end on what you want to do with your home or finding your home and i would think it's a lot of education as you say because it's not just showing them a home because mm -hmm. there's so much competition out there there's so many realtors out right. there and real estate agents you know and people want you know why should we pick you and i think you're giving part of the reason Exactly. I want to bring knowledge to the table, something of value. And, and same thing for Jessica, a lot of commercial real estate folks mm -hmm. out there. What makes uh, Thai Fair a little bit different? Yeah. So we, um, in commercial in that industry, there is not a ton of communication, a follow through. Um, again, you're stepping somebody through a very big process. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, well, this is probably their third or fourth transaction, their third or fourth investment. They know what they're doing. Um, but every investment, every situation um, is very different. And so the fact that we can walk you through those transactions as much or as little as you need, um, it's kind of nice. Side note, um, my home is currently on the market and I entrusted Sarah to, to sell it for me because again, she is residential and she knows what she's doing. So I think it's kind of one of those things um, you try to stay in your lane. And I really, you know, Sarah knows what she's doing. Like so it. we're speaking with uh, Jessica and Sarah Arevalo. Jessica is with uh, Thai Fair Commercial Real Realty Group. And uh, Sarah is with Sarah Sells Atlanta. Can, can I bring something up, by the way? I, I think you're going to bring up what I was about <laughs> to bring up and did a beautiful segue to do that. But go ahead. Bring well, I want to start the fact that you guys are sister sister-in-laws. Correct. You're not mm -hmm. so you married brothers. Correct. Yes. Had, had, had you not used your sister-in-law, there would have been a lot of you. You would have some family issues. Yes. <laughs> there, I would not have been invited to Thanksgiving or Christmas. I think I would have been, you know, expunged. 
that would have been a problem when we but had being in the house. real estate industry yourself <laughs> right. if she wasn't good at what she did you, you, i could just you probably would have put myself. up with that sure. or right. do it figured herself. that time would heal all wounds Correct. right yeah Correct. so um but the so you are sisters in law but yep. you're not in the same part of the real estate industry why why not and and why did you guys end up where you are i think i can start with that because before I went into real estate, I was a teacher. And so I care more about the caregiving aspect of the business and really making sure that people are educated properly and the touchy-feely part of it, because it is something that, that is really near and dear to people's hearts is where they live. And you're saying Jessica is not that way. <laughs> I'm just trying to start a little fight between sisters I here. I mean, yeah. Her, yeah. I will admit her personality is is very much of the numbers. Right. She is very good at what she does. Calculating. Very yes. calculating, right? yes. And and money can be touchy-feely in and of oh, itself. Oh, it, it is. There you it go. is, especially right. when somebody's selling a business, you know, maybe a mom-and-pop business that they've worked with a family member on, and they think it's worth one thing, but it's really, you know, worth a different value. That is emotional and touchy-feely. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really have to like hug a client and like, you know, hold your hand at closing. It is just very much, you know, when, the numbers kind of give. When they're looking to sell that commercial piece of real estate, you don't necessarily have to bake cookies to nope. get that smell going. I love when no people cookies. Cook. Yeah, exactly. She really does. At my open house, That's she had, awesome. I'm like, what? You actually, this is a real thing. That's people awesome. actually bake cookies. Yes. In open house. It yes. blew my mind. Smells um, good. So Jessica, let me ask you this question. In the commercial real estate, and, and you've brought it up a couple of times, especially when somebody is looking to maybe sell their business. Um, it, can you give some advice to business owners listening? Uh, yeah. Is that something they should do? Uh, everybody would say, of course, you need to kind of set that up ahead of time. Right. How right. soon? A year in advance? Two years in advance? I mean, you should always have a game plan. Um, you need to sit down with someone six months before you even okay. make any kind of move. Um, a lot of times, again, people will think their business is worth one thing and it's worth something different. So if you have a year or two to really help hone those numbers, get a higher cap rate, um, that's ideal. A lot of times when we meet with people for the first time, they're like, I just, I need out by the end of the year. I'm burnt out. And so if the more time we have, right. it's, it's clearly better for the business owner. And am I right in thinking that there's not a lot of other commercial real estate companies that have the business broker as a part of it? I mean, Correct. is that pretty unique in, it, in your scenario? It is unique. And so in our group, two out of the three of us are business brokers. Yeah. Um, the third guy is a land guy, which is a whole nother beast up sure. in and of itself. And important. It's so important. Um, so it is kind of an advantage, right? When you can have somebody who can... Um, give you advice on both ends. Well, anytime you can, anytime you can combine seats at the table yes. when you're starting to make that huge transaction is, is very, very important. Um, so Sarah, let me, let me bring it back over to you at Sarah sells Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, Jessica gave some, some advice to business owners looking to sell their business. Um, in the, in the residential real estate, I, I could choke on the number of emails and social media messages giving me advice about buying and selling my home, but I kind of have a feeling that someone that does it as good as you do might have something that I might not have heard before. What's some, what's a very unique piece of advice or something that not a lot of realtors are telling their clients that you would like to tell to the audience? I think knowing the market is the most important thing and making sure that you price your home correctly when selling it. I see a lot of overpriced homes on the market these days and a lot of real estate agents do take overpriced listings. Um, I think that is because they don't educate their their seller. 
on the market so they know that this is this is just a product the market is what prices your home not you so and sometimes the reverse of that might always be true i've heard people brag oh my house sold in four hours i'm like you might have priced it too low exactly exactly so you don't want it to to sell too low as well so you really need to have that knowledge in your background well i'd also give advice to listeners if if you ask uh, uh, you talk to a potential realtor and they don't show up with some kind of presentation educating you mm-hmm. there's at least two that you should talk to and we got one in the studio <laughs> so i would just start with sarah that is true a lot of them wing it amen to that <laughs> and right now as we as we do this podcast it's um you know beginning of october 2019 how is the real estate market for for homes i mean is it a great time to sell is it a great time to buy i think it's still a great time for both of those um we are seeing a shift in the market right now where it's not like homes are flying off like hotcakes um, like they used to, right? Which is good for buyers, especially. Um, We are seeing still a strong seller's market in most areas though. So either way, it's really good for both. And and who are the folks that you're working with as far as a range? I mean, I mean, some people, they kind of, you know, do more upper end homes. Some do maybe more lower affordable homes. Is there one uh, kind of a sweet spot for you? I'm kind of the mid range. So most of my listings are around the 500, 600s, but that's because Atlanta, we do have a lot of expensive real estate here in Atlanta. So that's not necessarily considered luxury um, in Atlanta, but I take anything. So okay, because <laughs> um, so I feel you like, like that mid range, but you'll take either side. I will take either well. side. I I have I do mostly residential detached though, so not townhomes and condos, detached homes. Okay, is and, what I specialize. And in. Jessica, in the commercial market, uh, what type of companies are you typically focused on? Um, you know, we do um, mom and pop. We have big investors who, hey, this is the price point. I don't even want to see it. I just care about cap rate find me something good so it's really just such a range I will say um, with the commercial real estate market it is a a longer process Um, these deals can take a lot longer so we're not as concerned about softening of the market or interest rates I mean it's just commercial is just a different a different beast all right uh, Jessica Arevalo with uh, Thai Fair Commercial Group for those that would like to reach out and find out more uh, how can they find out more about what you do? Yeah, so we have an amazing Facebook page. So um, just search Typhoid Commercial Group on Facebook and you will find us. Um, that is probably one of the quickest ways to get a response if you want to shoot us a message through that format. Um, again, all of our contact information will be on um, your website, I'm assuming. So they can call us directly or shoot us an email as well. All right, and uh, Sarah Arevalo with uh, Keller Williams North Atlanta or Sarah Sells Atlanta. Uh, how can people find out more about what you do? I think the best way is sarahsellsatlanta.com. I even offer free consultations on buying and selling. So you can just schedule right off the website. You don't even have to call me. It goes straight to my cell phone. And for Sarah Sells Atlanta, Sarah is S-A-R-A. Yes, no some, H. <laughs> some people like to add that H there. There's no H. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Jessica, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Mike, before we get to our next guest, I want to remind everybody that uh, Gwinnett Business Radio is cared for by Eastside Medical Center. Quality care close to home, Eastside Medical Center has been a community health care leader for over 39 years. Nationally recognized for patient safety, Eastside focuses on delivering quality care with exceptional outcomes by using the most advanced technology and experienced physicians. For more information on Eastside System of Care, Mike, you, myself, Trey, our guests, anybody can visit eastsidemedical.com. Thank you very much, Stephen. Our next guest is Derek Hayes with the Law Offices of Derek M. Hayes. Derek, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Great 
to have you tell us all about your law practice and, and, and what you, what law you practice. Practice. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say preach. My firm specializes in personal injury, medical malpractice, uh, wrongful death, catastrophic injuries, tractor trailer wrecks, basically anything where someone's been injured by the negligence of another. Uh, we also handle nursing home uh, abuse and negligence claims uh, that have now become more prevalent, uh, unfortunately, with the aging population. Uh, there tends to be a, a lot more uh, situations where people are having to depend on nursing homes, and unfortunately, many of those are not well managed or maintained, and there are lots of injuries that occur. Let me ask probably the first question that pops into anyone's mind in that situation. What are the main reasons that I should hire an attorney when something bad has happened to me? Statistics always tells the story, and that's what we like to talk about as attorneys is statistics and numbers. And having said that, in Georgia specifically, someone who hires an attorney has a 91% chance of recovery in their claim. Now, that changes with the different kinds of claims. Certain claims are more difficult than others, but ultimately when there's an attorney involved, it's a 91% uh, chance of recovery. People that don't hire attorneys have a 51% chance of recovery. So number one, there's a better opportunity for recovery when someone is involved that knows the law, knows how to pursue the claim, and most importantly, present that claim in the best light possible. Along those same lines, statistically, people that have attorneys recover between 37 to 62% more in money in pocket than those that don't have attorneys. That's a big thing there because a lot of folks may say, well, I can't afford an attorney. Oh, absolutely. I hear it all the time. Uh, my firm works purely on a contingency fee basis, very simply. I do not get paid unless and until I recover money for my client. Um, it's kind of a win-win proposition for the client. Ultimately, if there is no recovery, they don't owe an attorney fee. On the other hand, if there is a recovery, well, then they're going to be putting money in pocket. Um, so the risk basically comes to me. I invest the time, the effort, and the money to pursue on their behalf. So uh, I'm, I'm a person that always looks at return on investment. I'm always thinking about money and things like that. So the good side of the contingency is if you don't get any recovery for the client, then they don't owe you anything. So my positive cynical side says, okay, so that means if he does get a recovery for me, does that mean I might have to pay you more? Is is what we would what we would pay you be spelled out in that contract before I before I sign it? Well, the reality is we don't know what my fee is going to be until ah, there's a recovery. Okay. Ultimately, the more I get for the client, the more, quite frankly, I put in my pocket and theirs. Uh, generally, the standard and not because you charge more dollars, but because the percentage means that the more you get, the higher you're going to the Correct. more that percentage is going to be for Correct. you. And the standard in Georgia, probably 95 to 99 percent of attorneys will charge 33 to third percent if the case is settled without filing a lawsuit. And most cases do settle without filing. I'd say less than three percent go into litigation. Uh, if it does go into litigation, the fee goes to 40 percent, which is also standard because the attorney time involved quadruples depositions, hearings, motions, calendar calls, all those things that eventually lead to the trial itself. And if uh, the standard across most of the attorneys that are doing what you do is about 33 and a third, then clearly there's got to be some other more obvious ways that you are the best value for anybody to hire. So what are some of those things that set you apart from other people who do what you do? I like to say it's the personal touch in the sense that I speak directly with every client initially when the client comes to the office. That is definitely not the norm, correct? Well, yes, and again, looking at statistics and, and things that uh, tell the story, the number one complaint about attorneys is I never talk to them. <laughs> I've talked to the paralegal, I've talked to the secretary, but I've never spoken to my attorney. So having understood that and realized that, my obligation, I feel, is to at least have that initial consult and conversation with the client so that going in, 
he or she understands what they are, are responsible for doing, which is primarily getting well and going to their doctor's appointments. At the same time, they're understanding what I'm doing behind the scenes to eventually prepare their claim to, again, maximize their recovery. Do you have the uh, the smell of fresh-baked cookies in your office? I should. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I need to do that every day. <laughs> um, let, let's say you, you, have an, you have an accident and you're injured in an accident, a car accident. What should the person do? I mean, should I reach out to the insurance company first? Should I talk to my attorney first? How, how, what would you? What advice would you recommend? Uh, number one, get treatment. If you uh, obviously, if you have a, an immediate injury, then by all means, make that the priority. It should be. So before calling nine one one, well, call nine one one. Call nine one one first. You know, first my, and, and my right, arm's address, been severed. Yes. Hmm, should I call Derek first or call nine one one? Right. Okay. Uh, but I would strongly encourage someone to contact an attorney first for several reasons. Number one, insurance adjusters have a checklist, basically, of questions that are designed to get information to ultimately help them minimize the value of the claim. And far too often, people fall into the trap of giving a recorded statement over the phone and basically given information that they're not obligated to give at that point. They may not know what all their injuries are the day after the wreck, or even two or three days. There may be a nerve condition that eventually leads to a surgery that's not mentioned in an initial recorded statement. An adjuster later on says, well, you told us initially it was your neck or your back, but you never mentioned your hand. So are you uh, in this, what you're talking about with the insurance company reaching out, so you would say, don't talk to anybody from the insurance company without legal representation. And are you speaking of the other driver's insurance company? Absolutely. Okay. Anyone with any insurance company, including okay. your health insurance plan, okay. which typically does not call, but there are certain times now with the changes in healthcare law where the health insurance company will reach out. But I would strongly encourage someone to consult with, uh, hopefully me, yeah. but if not me, then an attorney to at least get that initial uh, consult, which is free. The, the initial consultation is always free, and I'm happy to talk to anyone uh, and at least guide them through the process um, once they sign on as a client. But the, the thing that I would strongly encourage them not to do is, is to give a recorded statement or to provide any medical documents or any uh, family member or friend talk about what the injuries are, because initially, as I said, they may not know. By the way, I, I'm assuming not every uh, personal injury attorney offers a free consultation either. My understanding is not all of them do. Yeah. Okay. It's it's probably a lot do, but a lot yes. don't. Yeah. So, absolutely. Right. We've got one that does offer a free consultation. What do you say to that person, Derek? And we're talking with uh, Derek Hayes with the law office of Derek M. Hayes here on Gwinnett Business Radio. Someone says, well, I don't want to deal with my insurance company because then my rates are going to skyrocket. How would you address that? Great question. That's a common question as well. Uh, ultimately, insurance rates are supposed to be based on one factor, and that's risk. As your risk goes up, your rates go up. So if you put, a, say, a 16-year-old kid in a convertible car, a sports car with a souped-up engine, those rates are going to be astronomical. You put someone who's never had a ticket in their 50s in a minivan, those rates are going to reflect that. So when you're involved in a wreck that is not your fault, therefore your risk rates do not go up, or your risk does not go up, your risk factors, so therefore your rates should also not go up. Uh, now, the reality is insurance companies raise rates all the time. We have hurricanes that come, and then across the board throughout the country, rates go up 5% because they've got to recoup some of that money that was used to pay out a hurricane claim. To follow up that, uh, Derek, if I were to hire you or an attorney, does that necessarily mean that I'm going to be going to court and we've got a big old lawsuit happening, or is there a way where we can avoid that? Absolutely not. Just by hiring an attorney does not mean there's going to be a lawsuit. As I said earlier, I think 97%, I think, is the most recent statistic of claims do not go into litigation. 
the reality is the attorney kind of controls that. If the attorney presents the claim in the best light possible and the insurance company realized or realizes that the attorney is prepared to litigate if necessary, they're more motivated to, to resolve the claim as opposed to going into litigation. And the reason why is because litigation costs more time, costs more money, costs more resources on both sides. Absolutely. And, and the insurance company, they're again, I go down all to dollars in return on investment. I can get this off the books at, at this reasonable rate rather than go to litigation, and it might cost me even sure. more. Right? Litigation is a risk for both parties, right. generally more so for the insurance company. Uh, but there is a risk involved on, on both sides. And and I think one of the things of Mike's question was was kind of also asking about some people don't want to be known as someone who was involved in some kind of lawsuit. If they don't go to litigation, is that mean that the records don't become as public? And I might be asking, I'm allowed one ignorant question every show, <laughs> and this might be it, because I'm trying to get to the point. Do you understand no, that, what that's I'm fine. trying to I, And I think I understand what you're, yeah. you're getting at. Intoning, yeah. Right. A lot of people will say, well, I'm not the kind of person to sue someone. I don't want to do that. I, I'd, I'd rather just be done with this. Well, the reality is it's not the individual that's paying the claim. It's their insurance company. When you go out and purchase insurance, what you're required to do in Georgia, you're paying premiums for them to do their part of a contract. And their part of a contract is to pay out a claim if, unfortunately, you're at fault for a car wreck. And by presenting that claim, you're simply requiring that insurance company to do what they've been paid to do by the person that caused the wreck. So you're not going against the individual. It's nothing personal. Right. It's about compensation, which is to compensate you for what's happened. Speaking of compensation and speaking of my thing of always going down to the bottom line in the investment, what determines the value of someone's claim? Several things. The meat and potatoes, it really boils down to three main factors, but ultimately there are a lot of other things that can change that. The first thing that, that most juries tend to look for, and the value of a claim is generally driven by what juries are doing, juries tend to look first at property damage. If you have a vehicle with uh, nothing more than a scratch of paint or a bumper scuff, juries tend to be very skeptical about the injury. On the other hand, I, I've had an amputation case with only $700 in property damage uh, with a $1.5 million outcome. So there are those minor property damage claims that can have more significant injuries. The second thing juries tend to look for is the severity of the injury. Do we have broken bones? Do we have surgeries? Is this an amputation or a death claim, or is it nothing more than a sore neck and back? And the third and final thing that juries tend to focus on, at least main factors, would be the amount of what we call the damages, uh, damages, monetary damages, like, for example, your medical bills and your lost wages. And then pain and suffering is that element that there's really not a measuring stick set in stone. Pain and suffering is driven by, and here's a legal thing, the enlightened consciousness of a jury. Let's all pause for a second. Yeah. Really Ooh, let that that's oh. There you go. There you go. Which it very simply means that once a jury's heard what's happened, they're best suited to determine what that dollar amount may be to compensate for that pain and suffering. And that pain and suffering is also, if I can insert this, and please tell me if I'm wrong, but that pain and suffering is also, the, I think, one of the main areas where when, unfortunately, people say, oh, uh, people take way too much advantage of the courts and suing and all that's the pain and suffering when you hear a number that you go what come on right but mo more often than not it's a very reasonable in it's laid on me again enlightened the what? enlightened consciousness of a jury that's a real thing correct right? so correct. there you go well here's the thing um the easiest pain to bear is somebody else's it's easy for me to sit here and say oh that can't hurt well the reality is you don't know how bad it hurts until you feel it yourself having said that i have represented adjusters I actually represented a defense attorney in the past. So those folks that have been on the other side of the equation who 
typically their approach is to minimize the severity of the injury or the value of the claim. I've actually represented them. Uh, they so became enlightened. They became enlightened very quickly uh, after several doctor's visits and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. Uh, Derek, two quick questions for you. Um, first of all, um, how, how big is your, your, your firm? In other words, if, if I go to the law office of Derek M. Hayes, am I getting Derek all the time or do you have uh, other attorneys on, on staff? You're getting me all the time. Okay. I am a sole practitioner purposely. I've been with a big firm in the past and ultimately in, in that shuffle, many times the attorney is not directly involved until later on in the process. Uh, being, uh, and I hate the word boutique, but that's what people refer to it as, a boutique firm, uh, I have the ability to meet and, and consult with each of my clients individually, and they know they can get me on the phone. If I don't answer the phone because I'm in court or not av available at the time, they know full well that I'll get back to them within usually 24 hours. Well, then let me ask the follow-up question. Who is Derek Hayes? Uh, talk about your background and, and what you bring to the table. Absolutely. Well, I, I think that, that um, you know, in my 23-plus years of doing this, uh, many times the acknowledgments, recognitions, honors that come from the, uh, the field are, are you know, kind of a, an example of how I'm perceived, at least in the industry. And this is not intended to boast or brag, but uh, thankfully, and, and I'm blessed to have been named the litigator of the year for 2019. Uh, I'm Congratulations. A well, thank you. It's not I'm, boasting or bragging if it's true. It, well, yeah. well, thank you. Other I, people said it, not you. Yeah, well, that's you it. You didn't come I, in here going, hey, I'm I didn't vote for myself. Yeah. But, uh, I'm a member of the Million Dollar Advocates Forum and the Multi-Million Dollar Advocates Forum, which is limited to attorneys that have achieved verdicts of a million dollars or verdicts of more than $2 million. Less than 1% of attorneys are members of both. Uh, I've been uh, recognized now as a top 10 personal injury attorney, actually top 25 personal injury attorney in Georgia for the last five years. I've been named a top 100 trial lawyer for the last 11 years. Um, top 100 trial lawyer lifetime achievement award from the American Trial Lawyers Association. Member of the Brain Injury Trial Lawyers Association, nursing home negligence trial lawyers, per, uh, personal injury trial lawyers association. So can, uh, can I rephrase the question? What have you not won? <laughs> Well, Heisman Trophy. I'm working on that. I think I have eligibility left. I look forward to getting back to college at some point. And but. when something happens to your knee, then you'll sue yourself. I well, don't know. Do they <laughs> give the Heisman Trophy to someone who's the holder on extra points? I think so. Because I think that's about if the If you do it really well. I'll try. <laughs> Derek, great stuff. For those that would like to find out more about your practice, where can they get more information? Sure. Uh, my website is Derek M. Hayes. It's D E R E K the letter M, Hayes, H-A-Y-S, dot com. You can also find me at my Facebook page, the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes, Twitter, Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. My uh, phone number is 678-225-0970, and my office is located in downtown Lawrenceville, right by the courthouse. Great, great stuff, Derek. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And I find out before the show that Derek and, and Steve and yourself and me, we all have something in common. Yeah, our, our sons all played at Peachtree Ridge uh, in uh, up youth baseball. And Derek and I have both coached with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. as soon as you leave the room, he and I are going to swap some Absolutely. stories. Absolutely. Oh, we can be here for hours. What were we thinking, Derek? <laughs> I'm not really sure. You showed that you're very gracious men. Steve's wife paid me to tolerate him for the season. I'll say that. You too. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, all right. Anything else? Is that the best you got? Yeah, you can go. You want to do? All right. So, uh, Mike, Mike, one thing uh, our guests uh, showed today is uh, it's good to talk to business owners who know the value of hard work, right? Would you agree with that? Yes. Do you know what hard work is? All right, hard work pays you off. You can't just go right into doing the, the sponsor read. You, know, you've got to like do segue. some transition. Yeah, I had a great segue in the first interview that you just, just read stomped on all over. All right, hard work leads to rewards and opportunities. This business cornerstone is cooked into a career. 
at Waffle House. The recipe is simple. They'll give you the skills to lead a team and take care of customers, no matter what your background may be. Then you're off on a great and rewarding career, a career in a place with a family atmosphere that promotes success, inclusion, and a genuine care for customers and teammates. Go to whhcareers.com today and learn more. There, I just read the script. Are you happy with that? Just listen to this. Love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Get big savings and enjoy their hassle-free experience. Subaru of Gwinnett, where people sell cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today. Come on in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, then follow Subaru of Gwinnett's Facebook page for the latest Subaru offers, news, and community events. See? Nice. Clean. Straight through, that's all you do. Okay. No sorry. transition. All right. Sorry, Mike. I won't do that ever again. <laughs> all right. I want to thank everybody for joining us, uh, Jessica and Sarah and Derek as well. Our producer, Trey, a reminder, you can listen to the show anytime you want. Go to businessradiox.com, businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio. Stephen's quiet all of a sudden. You told me not I've to upset say it. him. You told me not to say And select Gwinnett that. Business Radio, and you'll see the show, and you can listen to it anytime you want, 24-7. Thanks. Anything else you want to say? What a great show, Mike. An award-winning show. A great sh- And a great studio audience, too, A great studio audience and a great producer and great guests. All right. Thank you to our listeners, and we'll see you next time here on Gwinnett Business Radio. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo!